What's cracking? Big dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters, the HQ. Monday morning. My name is Nicholas. This is BDG. Big dogs got to eat. Fantasy football. Oh, I got myself in the bike round. I need to turn that shit down immediately. It's Monday morning. It's too early for this shit. Stop yelling. We're here talking waivers for week 13. We're here talking waivers for week 13. We're here recapping week 12. A lot of injuries as always. All that shit. What's cracking, everybody? How we doing in the chat? Stop yelling. Never. What's good, Christian? Sarthak, you the man. You the man. What up, Ryan? What's up, Byron? Is Animal dead still or not? The people need to know. Okay, we'll start off with uh, with Animal's matchup. So Animal right now is up about seven points, I want to say. Seven or eight points. Animal's up seven or eight points right now. And his opponent has Deontay Johnson. We have a contingency rule that if the game doesn't happen, if the game doesn't happen, then you get whatever backup player you nominated prior to the weekend. So George, a.k.a. This Pleases Me, a.k.a. Animal's opponent for Week 12, chose Rashard Higgins. If this game does not happen, George gets Rashard Higgins in his lineup. Thus, Animal captures his first W. If this game happens and Deontay Johnson puts up over seven points, Animal will be 0-12. We are all rooting for that. We are all cheering for that. And we need it to happen. That being the case, we typically film Fade the Public on Tuesdays, afternoonish, morning, whatever these sick fucks have on their schedule on a typical Tuesday. Snacks is usually getting drunk at a bar, so I need to convince him to come afterwards. Thus, because the game hinges on the Tuesday night matchup, we will be live streaming for the game. We will be live streaming, watching Animal crumble and suffer and lose. Hopefully there's a 50-yard touchdown pass on the first play of the fucking game. We're going to live stream, and then we're going to film the episode afterwards. So, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, HQ, live stream, be there, be square. Let's talk about some injuries. First up on the docket, Joshua Jacobs. Man, I got absolutely fucking crucified when I was talking about how I didn't love Jacobs coming into the NFL not because I didn't like his talent or not because I didn't think he was efficient or not for many fucking reasons that y'all wanted to bully me for my main concern was that we've never seen him hold up over the course of a season with a real workload and now it's bike to bike seasons where we're kind of seeing that he loses his fumble in the third quarter he injures his ankle now there are conflicting reports it wasn't serious. It is serious. This is from the PFF, Pro Football Focus Injury Doc. Quote, unquote, Jacobs injured his ankle in the third quarter. I believe he suffered a high ankle sprain. The return to play time is anywhere from no time missed to three-plus weeks. The problem is that the injury makes it tough for players to change direction effectively. More information should come out over the next day or two. 
Again, from the PFF injury doc, he's going to get an MRI. He's going to get a scan or whatever he needs to do today. There was a report that came out that said it's not as serious as it looked. It looked a lot worse than it was. Uh, a lot of people that have watched the tape said it looked bad. Said it's most likely going to cost him a game, maybe two games, okay? The problem with it is he didn't return to the game, but that's because our Falcons were blowing the fuck out of the Raiders. It's beautiful. We've been like a real, a real team since Dan Quinn has been gone. It's actually amazing. It's amazing that we had him as our head coach for so long. Like the Legion of Boom literally made this man's career. His whole career was made by the Legion of Boom. He got a job from that, thinking that he was a defensive coach. We needed to see five and a half years of our defense being fucking abysmal to realize that he's not a good defensive coach. The one good year we had where our offense was through the fucking roof, Matt Ryan wins MVP, we go to Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan was there as the offensive coordinator. Of course that fucking happens. He's gone. We're terrible again. Five and a half fucking years. Five and a half fucking years, and fucking guy in front office is gone too. Can't believe it took us that long to know that we need to get him out, and the guy that kept him in needed to get the fuck out too. Sorry, that's my weekly Falcons inner hatred coming out on camera. So we blew the Raiders out. Thus, there was no reason to obviously have Josh Jacobs in the game, even if he was healthy enough to go. Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker finished the game. But again, they were down like 35. Fucking Nathan Peter God was in there at quarterback. So no telling like what really would happen if it was a close game. Keep a close eye on reports. But Devontae Booker got every running back touch in the fourth quarter. So if the news comes out that Josh Jacobs has a high ankle sprain, Devontae Booker immediately becomes the number one waiver wire pickup for the week. Okay. Devontae Booker has been getting all of the touches behind Josh Jacobs at running back and looking good doing so. He becomes the number one pickup ASAP immediately as of yesterday. We got some other ankle injuries, some other issues going on in the running back situations with Dalvin Cook. Uh, it looked like it was going to be serious, Dalvin Cook injury. He did come back into the game, ran fine. So it's going to it's gonna kind of depend on the swelling. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but then I saw a lot of people tweeting about it this morning. Uh, it's going to depend on the swelling. I think he'll be ready and fine for week 13, but I guess stay tuned. Just just know that Dalvin Cook did suffer an injury. If you're just looking at the box score, you realize he came back into the game. Could be a problem going forward. We don't know. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Hamstring. Just like Dalvin Cook. Came back into the game, but then he had to leave again. This is uh, a more serious injury. I believe it's going to be a grade two hamstring injury, which usually sidelines you anywhere from like three to six weeks, but that could also be the timeline for like skill players, right? Like a running back really needs that time to recoup. Otherwise, he's probably going to re-injure it. When you're a quarterback, it's not exactly uh, as detrimental to your success if you're relying on the arm. Problem is with Daniel Jones, he relies a lot on his mobility. So again, he's going to miss some time, probably going to miss multiple weeks. I'm not interested in Colt McCoy. They do get to they do get to play Seattle next week though, so I think Shepard, who's just been a target magnet, I think Evan Ingram, who just had a blow up game and has been wildly inconsistent, but like has the ceiling. Of course, he'll be like a low end tight end one maybe, and then Wayne Gallman's been fantastic. So I think you play him regardless because he should he should see a, a very big workload. Um, but yeah, I mean obviously downgrades the entire offense if Daniel Jones is out and Colt McCoy is pretty much unstartable even in super flex leagues. <sighs> Uh, and speaking of just like the Giants, Snacks was a maniac again yesterday. 
they're like four and seven, but they're atop the NFC. So just another typical Sunday where we have to kick snacks out of the group chat. Well, it's just fucking new drink, rinse, repeat, rave, kick snacks out of the fucking group chat. We have Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley with the ankle. Again, a guy who came out, came biking, finished the game. This is what we have from uh, one of the PTs I follow on Twitter. Calvin Ridley had his previously injured ankle twisted by the defender. Favored it, now back in the game, appears to be okay. Will likely be limited by the ankle re-injury, though. So one of those things, again, you're just going to have to monitor practice reports. Super disappointing because at full strength of that Julio, he is a, a clear wide receiver one for fantasy. So just keep an eye on reports. I'm assuming him to be limited at practice for most of the week, but I do think he'll end up suiting up. DJ Moore ain't suiting up, though. Sticking within the NFC South. Now, DJ Moore, non-contact injury, midair, dude kind of just gives out. The team ruled it as a ankle injury, but most of the people watching the video replay assume it's going to be an Achilles or a calf injury. Best case is like a minor sprain to the ankle or a minor sprain to like the calf or the ankle or something, whatever. But it also, you know, the range of outcomes for where this shit is going to go is very high and is very low. Million dollar rhyme right there. DJ Moore could be out no weeks. He could be out all the way up for the rest of the season. Like this could be a serious Achilles injury. Could be an Achilles tear. Could be a calf strain. Could be a million fucking things. Could have been a heartbreak. Maybe he got heart, heartbroken midair. That's some shit that would happen to me probably. They have a bye next week. They got a bye next week. So if it does turn out to be insignificant, minor, you know, an ankle sprain or something like that, we could see him bike in week 14, but that's doubtful. I think he's going to miss a couple of weeks. This makes Robbie Anderson like an immediate high-end wide receiver too. Uh, he had been disappointing for a while, but yesterday he turned it back on. 494, touchdown. Curtis Samuel ends up being pretty solid. I'm not going to put him into the wide receiver two conversation yet because he always has that floor of like fucking 13 yards. But another strong game yesterday. Five targets, five catches, 72 yards. And uh, we'll continue to get involved on the ground. Curtis Samuel now has double-digit fantasy points in five of his last six games. They get Denver, Green Bay, Washington to close out the next three games or whatever. If uh, Yeah, because they got the bye coming up. Then they got the next three games for fantasy. Those are them. Okay? So I think you could probably fire up both of those guys pretty confidently if DJ Moore is sidelined. Last injury. Last injury. Philip Lindsay, knee, missed the second half. Believe he suffered a mild MCL sprain or a meniscus injury. I expect him to miss some time. That means Melvin Gordon will take over as the primary bike here. Not intriguing. I know he had the big the big game last week, but like five of the last six games have been terrible. Uh, who does Denver play over the coming weeks? Let's take a look. Bear with me. Speaking of bears, they are fucking terrible, and the NFL needs to stop putting them on prime time. What what are you doing on my screen right now? I think that was Aaron Boone. I don't know. A fucking video of Aaron Boone just popped up on my computer screen. You just never know. You just never know what's going to happen on a Monday fucking morning. What was I doing in here? What did I go to check? I got to turn my fucking brain on. Just looking at, oh, the Broncos schedule. Hey, Nicholas, what a fucking shit show of a game. Taysom Hill versus 
whatever the, the quarterback's name for the Broncos were. So they got the Chiefs, they get the Panthers, they get the Bills. Uh, I mean, I don't hate Melvin Gordon against the Chiefs. I would probably look at him as like a low-end running back too. In terms of rest of season rankings, I'll do that video for tomorrow. So I promise it will be out Tuesday rather than Wednesday or Thursday or whatever the fuck I did it last week. Rest of season rankings will be updated. Tomorrow's video will go over them. Biggest risers, biggest fallers. If you just want the rest of season rankings, which probably will be updated by tonight or after Monday Night Football, you can get them on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B-D-G-E. I'm going to put my cute little animation I made for Patreon because I work very hard on this. And then y'all know that ain't it. Oh, look at that shit pop up. Oh, oh. There's a whole bunch of shit you get for signing up for Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash BG. All right. So we've got the injuries out of the way. Let's do titty or committee. Titty or committee where we look at some committees around the NFL. Is there one player sucking on a titty or is everybody sitting in a committee? That's how we're, that's how like, you know, when you make a, a subject line for something and you need to put a description for it. Like if I was giving you the, the creme brulee of, of what this section is, that's what that is. All right. That's how we're looking at things. Atlanta. So we don't know girly status, but it's very much up in the air for week 13. The knee, I don't know what's going on with it, but. It's almost as if we knew he came into the year with some kind of knee injury, something like that. Could miss week 13 yesterday. And I was very cautious about telling people to start Brian Hill yesterday. At the beginning of the live stream, I did first live stream I did on a Sunday in fucking 82 years. I started off talking about how Brian Hill is like my running back 26, 27. Very hesitant to start him unless I was desperate. And yesterday was the reason why. One, we just know he's not very good. He's just not a very good running back. Okay. Try to force him into being a good running back, but he's just not. He just ain't it. He just doesn't have it. He goes 13 for 55 on the ground. Didn't have a catch. Edo Smith, 12 for 65 and a touchdown on the ground. Five targets, four catches, only 10 yards. But more productive, better fantasy day, looked better. Uh, but this is, listen, they play the Saints next week. It's a clear committee. There is no suckling of the titty. I'm not playing any running back against New Orleans next week. No one in the Atlanta backfield. I don't care if Gurley's back. I don't care if... Brian Hill is the guy. I don't care if Edo Smith is the guy. There ain't no fucking way I'm playing somebody. Unless they take Julio, they activate him, and then they put him in at running back. I'll put I'll fucking I'll I'll roll Julio out there. Roll him up like a blunt and put him right into my lineup. Otherwise, no. No, 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 no. No Atlanta running backs next week, people. Cincinnati. Now, this is not a backfield committee or titty situation. I want to look at the wide receiver group because we will have Brandon Allen and or Ryan Finley at the quarterback position for the remainder of the season with Joe Burrow out. Higgins, Boyd, A.J. Green. A.J. Green out of the picture. Terrible, terrible game. I don't expect anything from him. Now, Brandon Allen threw for 139 passing yards. It's just devastating because that came against a Giants defense that had been prior to week 12 allowing hundred or 275 passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. Not good. Not good for business. T. Higgins had a, had a game, though. Five targets, five catches, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd, six targets, three catches, 15 yards. All right? That's why, I, I mean, I had him ranked like wide receiver 32, 33 or something coming into the week. I had Higgins below him. I wanted to see, you know, with, with backup quarterbacks, I tend to get a little bit more risk averse when it comes to outside wide receivers, right? There's a reason that backup quarterbacks are backup quarterbacks because they're not accurate. They're not as accurate as the starter. 
And being accurate makes throws outside the numbers easier. If you're inaccurate, those throws become difficult. And that's where T. Higgins runs his routes. So Brandon Allen, not accurate, not high volume, not good at passing. The math adds up. But this game, like five five for 40 and a touchdown is just like, it's incredible how productive T. Higgins has been. Like five for 40 and touchdown. If LaVisca Chenault had that stat line, people would be going nuts. But this is like a floor. Like no one's even going to mention T. Higgins. Like, ah, shitty game, five for 40 and a touchdown. Like that's how good T. Higgins has been. It's ugly though. It's hard to start either of them with confidence. Uh, I, I imagine it'll continue to be like a very low volume passing offense and they'll kind of switch their weeks Tyler Boyd and T Higgins one of them has you know a decently good game then the next week the other one has a good decently good game but definitely uh, a big committee here not a titty New Orleans this is where shit gets tricky man Alvin Kamara Latavius Murray and this is very real I'm here to tell you that the split between these two guys very real coming off of yesterday's game Latavius Murray 19 for 124 and two tugs on the ground. Two tugs. My man shot his shot. She said, you better you better have another round in you. Latavius Murray fucking reloaded, shot his shot again. 19, 124, two on the ground, caught a pass for two yards. Alvin Kamara, 11 for 54 on the ground, one catch, negative two yards. You love to see the improvement in the passing game for Kamara, though. Zero catches last week, a big one this week for negative two yards. Could have been a product of the game script uh, for the discrepancy to be this big in terms of touches, right? 20 touches compared to 12, Murray to Kamara. But we now have a two and a half game sample size without Drew Brees. We have a two and a half game sample size without Drew Brees. The touch count in those two and a half games, the half that he didn't play and then the previous two games, 41 to 34 in favor of Latavius Murray. In just the two Taysom games, it's 34 to 25 in favor of Murray. Simply put, like one, Taysom Hill is not throwing the ball enough, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this tweet up on the screen. Make sure you're following me on Twitter if you, uh, if you are not already because I'd be tweeting out this kind of ignorant shit every Monday morning, okay? In the two and a half game sample size without Breeze, Latavius Murray's out-touched Kamara 41 to 34. Taysom's thrown the ball 39 times over the last two weeks. In that span, there's been 16 instances of quarterbacks that have thrown the ball 39 times in a single game. So Taysom Hill, 39 times over the last two weeks, 16 quarterbacks have hit 39 or more pass attempts in a single game over the last two weeks. The running back target rate in New Orleans during that span is 12.8%. So 12.8% of those 39 throws have gone to the running back. And again, they're getting split between Latavius and Alvin Kamara. The NFL average is 19%. So not only is Taysom Hill not throwing the ball a lot, but he's also throwing it to the running backs at a much lower rate than the rest of the NFL, which is a huge problem for Alvin Kamara, all right? Also, while y'all are listening, if you're appreciating the big facts that we are dropping, we got fucking big brain, big galaxy brain facts coming throughout the Monday morning for y'all. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Very simple to do. Just scroll up like you're just watching on your phone or maybe you're on your desktop. Maybe you're even on TV. I'm going to be famous to be on television. Maybe I'm on your fucking TV. It actually always freaks me out when people, a lot of people do this. A lot of people send me uh, screenshots of them watching me on TV and it freaks the shit out of me. It actually freaks me out every time people tell me that they listen to me or watch me in person. Like if someone's like texting me like, oh, I'm watching your video right now. I'm always like, ah, oh, fuck. I don't know why it's a really big mind fuck to me. 
Um, but I always do appreciate y'all. If you do watch it and you appreciate these videos, you know, you enjoy the videos, you get some information, you get some value from it. The best thing to do for creators, like we take a lot of time to do this shit. It takes a lot of research, it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of fucking money, these pieces of stupid ass equipment. Thumbs up is, is a beautiful thing to do for any creator. I, I, I immediately, anytime I watch a video on YouTube, mine excluded, I, I always hit the thumb up just to show appreciation. It's like game, game, see game, real recognized, real. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? saying, saying, saying. So concern for Kamara, very big concern for Kamara. The other, the other concern is the goal line carries, man. Like Kamara is making his bread on the goal line most of the time. In the last two games, Taysom Hill been scoring tugs left and right, out carrying Kamara on the goal line 42. So again, going back to the rest of the season rankings, which will come out tomorrow, Kamara's going to be moving down. I don't know where exactly he's going to move down to, but he's definitely more of like a low-end RB1 for the remainder of the season because we don't know when Drew Brees is going to be bite. And if they keep winning with Taysom Hill, there's no reason to replace Hill with Jameis Winston. If Jason, if Jameis Winston comes under center, yeah, we're going to like Kamara a lot more. But that ain't going to be the case right now, okay? What else we got? The LA Rammies. The LA Rammies. So Akers is the one who pops off the stat sheet yesterday, of course. He burst out for a nice little 61-yard run. Finished 8 for 84 on the ground with a tugger. Second game, bike-to-bike games with a tug. Henderson outcarried him, though, 10 to 18. Only had 19 yards. Malcolm Brown finally fading into non-existence, something that should have happened weeks ago, if not years ago, if not decades ago. So two games in a row for Akers, gets into the end zone. I mean, it's wildly clear to anyone that watches football who the best back in this backfield is. It's Cam Akers, okay? But it's also wildly clear that they're going to continue to use a committee. So I was looking back at some of the games because it's been it's been tough to get a real grasp on like what this committee actually is because we've had Darrell Henderson banged up and missing games. We've had Cam Akers banged up and missing games. So I was trying to find the games in which all three of those guys were active and not like nursing an injury or not like a, a decoy or whatever. So I found a sample size of five games the touch splits have gone Henderson 55, Cam Akers 44, Malcolm Brown 36. It's 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 a very, very clear committee where it's like 35 to 40% of the touches for Henderson, 25 to 30% of the touches for Akers, and then like 20 to 25% of the touches for Malcolm Brown. The bigger problem too is that like with Kamara and the Taysom Hill thing, no one catches passes in this backfield. Like a big game for a running back in that backfield would be to catch three passes. Yesterday, they didn't have a single didn't have a single running back make a catch. So, like, yes, it's nice to see Akers pop off the screen, but to be honest with you, that makes me feel way, way better about him in Dynasty than it does in season long. I would I mean the, the end of the season is rapidly approaching here, people. Uh in order for you to have Cam Akers in your lineup, like you need to have way more confidence in him than you do now. Like eight touches ain't gonna get it done for me. Expecting a 61-yard pop-off run ain't going to get it done. Yes, those big plays do lead to more playtime, but Sean McVay, he's going to keep doing his thing, man. And this this is really, really a running back by committee. Uh, we'll see if, you know, they they talk about throughout the week, we're going to keep getting Cam Akers more and more and more and more and more and more and more involved. But we've also been down that road before, too, where they said that, and then he gets fucking like one snap. So my confidence level in this to not be a committee going forward I don't remember. I don't know how I just termed that. So I'm no, I don't know whether or not to say yes or no. My confidence level in this not being a committee is very low. It's going to be a committee. Okay. 
Now, for the moment that nobody's been waiting for, that nobody cares about, except for me, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Where are you? Where is the audio? Oh, yeah, we out here. Welcome, Pike. Welcome, Pike. Welcome, Pike. Welcome back. All my motherfucking Austin Eckler owners, stand the fuck up. Tuck your goddamn shirts in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Austin Eckler is officially bike. He is officially a top five fantasy running bike. He is officially going to end careers. And he is officially going to put hardware on your finger. Austin Eckler, the GOAT, 25 touches yesterday. 25. His career high as of this morning. 25. He's going to be limited. Coming off of this injury, we're going to scale back his workload. Career high 25 touches. Runs the most routes out of any running back in the NFL in week 12. 37 routes run. God damn. 11 catches on 16 targets. 85 yards through the air. 44 more on the ground. 14 carries. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord, Austin. I've been waiting for this moment. Two targets inside the 10-yard line. Got tackled at the one on one of them. Had a couple carries within the 12-yard line. Getting involved. And there could have been a monster game. Could have been even bigger. It was a monster game in any sort of PPR league, but should have been a bigger game. Could have got into the end zone. Big score games are coming. Huge games are coming out of Austin Eckler. He's literally, he's, he's going to win leagues this year. If you held on to him, good Lord, wipe yourself down. Because this shit is going to be a good run to end the season. Now, 16 targets, obviously an outlier. But with Justin Herbert under center and this offense moving, I don't think six to eight targets a game going forward is out of the realistic spectrum of what we can expect from Austin Eckler, man. Like, this was fucking beautiful. I almost cried. I cried and peed. I did. To Austin Eckler's fucking bike. Debo Samuels, Debo Samuel, he ain't, a, he ain't a plural, there's not two of them, there's only one of them, he's one of a kind, and he's fucking bike too. I love this dude. 13 targets, 11 catches, 133 yards, a 37.1% target share yesterday. 
couple funny facts about Debo in terms of his production. 83 of his 133 yards occurred after contact versus the Rams yesterday. That is the most by a wide receiver in any game this season. Okay? So we've got big fact number one. Big fact number two. Debo Samuel has 238 receiving yards on negative 41 air yards over his past three games. I don't even know how that's mathematically possible. Like one positive pass play should make every all that go away. I got to fact check that shit before I, I got to fact check fake news before I just throw it up on a screen like this. This doesn't make any fucking sense, but it, I guess it's real. Everything on Twitter is real, right? Y'all got used to seeing Brandon Ayuk have his little breakout rookie season, and we forgot how good Debo Samuel is. I didn't forget. You forgot. You forgot, and it's fucking shame on you. Obviously, it doesn't hurt having Brandon Ayuk out. COVID, right? Um, But Debo is the alpha here, man. Debo is the guy that they game plan around. Ayuk's a possession receiver on the outside, but Debo Samuel is the receiver here. No George Kittle. Going forward, Debo's going to be like, a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three for me. We'll see how we'll see how high he jumps up in the rankings tomorrow. The rest of the season wide receiver rankings tomorrow. But goddamn, did he look good for coming for coming back from a fucking long injury? They play next week on Monday Night Football, so it's very likely that Ayuk is back. But who knows? Who knows? This COVID thing, we don't we don't got the answers. He might be out for longer. Now. If he is on, if for some sadistic reason he is on your waiver wire, that's a universal sign for for smash, for clap that shit, clap them cheeks. Okay, easily the number one waiver wire wide receiver. I would, if if all things equal, I would still take the running back in Devonte Booker over Debo. But he's a damn good consolation prize. Sticking within that offense, same game, Raheem Mostert. Welcome fucking bike, Raheem Mostert. Welcome bike. Returns for the first time since week six. Leads the backfield, 16 carries, 43 yards, and a tug. Save the day for fantasy owners. Jeff Wilson had 12 carries to Mostert's 16. Mostert ended up with 18 touches overall. McKinnon had three targets. Mostert had two, but he didn't do anything with them. He was never a big pass catcher. He was never a guy that really brought that to the field. Like... I mean, if they get him involved in the pass catching game, I'm sure he'd be very, very fucking good, but they just don't do that. He is a monster when it comes to explosive plays on the field, which is what we love about Raheem Mostert right now. He's clearly the RB1 in this offense. Um, and it's clearly he's the most trusted running back there, and it gives him it gives that offense the most juice, something that they're sorely fucking lacking right now without Kittle, without Ayuk, without all these players. That being said, he did only play on 40% of the snaps yesterday. And McKinnon was actually in on every passing down situation. But that being said, about that being said, I'm not worried about Mostert at all. The Rams are such a tough matchup for fantasy running backs, and for him to escape with, you know, double-digit points. Mwah. Mwah. They get Buffalo next week. They get Washington. They get Dallas. They get Arizona. So you got a great month of matchups outside of Washington. But Raheem Mostert, I think uh, I think he was like my running back 18 maybe going into the Rest of season rankings last week, maybe 17 or something like that. He will continue to creep up. I, I would say he's probably a top 15, if not top 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. He, he ain't the number one overall running back. I don't even know why I waste my time saying shit like that. So 
Hey, Moser, pretty good football player. Uh, we can talk about the Cardinals backfield for about half a second. I think Kyler was a little bit banged up too. The shoulder probably hindered him. We've seen uh, two games in a row now that have been underwhelming, statistically speaking. You know, it's so funny. Like, anytime someone brings up the MVP conversation throughout the regular season, I'm like, I'm not partaking in this. It is such a fucking waste of time because people on like Twitter, people everywhere, all they do is just have recency bias towards everything. Like, Josh Allen was the MVP through the first three, four weeks of the season, Josh Allen was the MVP. From weeks four through eight, Russell Wilson was a clear MVP. From weeks nine, 10, 11, Kyler Murray was the MVP. And that whole time, none of those fuckers were the MVP. It was Patrick Mahomes the whole time. Okay? Y'all like to get cute and be like, oh, he's the blah, 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 blah. It's fucking annoying. It's fucking annoying. Look at the whole picture of work. Use your fucking brain. The MVP award is simple. It's statistics times team success. Okay? That's it. If a team's not going to sustain their success over a long period of the season, they're not going to be an MVP candidate, that quarterback or whatever fucking team it is. I can't wait for like one, like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the conversation. Then the Packers play one bad game and everyone's like, I knew the Packers were a fraud. Aaron Rodgers had no business of being in the MVP conversation. Like shut, 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 shut your mouth and just give the fucking award to Patrick Mahomes already. All right. Cardinals Bikefield though. Kenyon Drake. 22 carries, four targets. Chase Edmonds, six carries, five targets. We skipped them in the titty or committee, but this is big time titty. This is big time. Kenyon Drake sucking all the titties out here. Getting all the milk. Bones be hella strong, okay? Let's keep moving down. Some other waiver wire things to talk about. There's some other notes to talk about here. I want to first off say I'm petitioning to rename Derrick Henry to double-digit Derrick. DDD, triple D's, double digit Derek, because this motherfucker is unstoppable. I've been saying this for like a month now. He's unstoppable if the week number is a double digit week, week 10 and beyond. There's nothing you can do. Defenses are worn down. They're tired. It's like seeing him in the third and fourth quarter of games. It's the third and fourth quarter of the season. Like yesterday, when the Colts are down 20 points, you're just like, ah, it's the fourth quarter. Derrick Henry's coming at me. Like, fuck this. Here you go, sir. I, they'd be opening up lanes like that. I would do the same fucking thing. It ain't even a business decision. It's a life decision. Double-digit Derrick is what we're calling him now on. Bands is unstoppable in the months of November and December. It's every fucking year. Every year and every week in those months. Miami bike field. The Miami bike field is a absolute mess but DeAndre Washington I just want to get this on your radars it might be completely useless by the time next week rolls around he led the running backs in snaps in carries and targets and touches and all of that shit Miles Gaskin did not end up getting on the field so we'll see what happens there Salvin Ahmed was obviously ruled out but it wasn't Breda it wasn't Patrick Laird it was DeAndre Washington who was signed a couple of weeks ago but he did pretty well he saw five targets in the game um Keep a really close eye on how they treat Miles Gaskin this week, and obviously Ahmed. But I think I think he he might be worth stashing, depending on the the status of those two guys. And then we got Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis, when John Brown is out and John Brown's on the IR, Gabriel Davis has been running nearly 100% of the snaps for this Buffalo Bills team. He's had three games this year where he has ran 65% of the snaps or more for the Bills. Those three games resulted in four for 81, one for 11. And three for 79 and a touchdown. That 
last one was yesterday's game. So obviously wildly inconsistent. He's a rookie. He's a later round pick. Like I don't expect him to be a T Higgins or anything like that, but I think he's worth a look now that John Brown is on the IR. They do get San Fran next week. They get Pittsburgh. They get Denver. So pretty tough slate of matchups, but like Pittsburgh, Denver are not really tough in the passing game. Um, San Fran with Richard Sherman back will probably be all over Stephon Diggs. Could mean a little bit more Gabriel Davis action. Could mean a little bit Cole Beasley action. But I think he is, one, certainly get excited about Gabriel Davis if you are in Dynasty. Um, but if you're in a deeper league, I think Gabriel Davis is worth an ad with John Brown on Zivaya. Devontae Parker. Devontae fucking Parker. He is, he is going to be a fucking beast. He's going to be similar to like what he was last year in like a semi-league winning capacity with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. So there's a good chance Tua misses multiple weeks. And I said this on the stream yesterday, and I showed y'all, wow, why the fuck did this? TikTok's so funny, bro. Like, we don't post on it that often, but over the last couple of days, I've been posting on it way more often. And I just put up a stupid-ass lawnmower or Manscaped lawnmower video this morning, and it's up to like 1,500 views for some reason. But yesterday on TikTok... We, we talked about Devontae Parker. I told I said once Ryan Fitzpatrick was in a quarterback, he became my highest riser up my rankings. Devontae Parker did. And he blows the fuck up. 14 targets, 8 catch, 119 yards. So make sure you're following us on TikTok because I will put those videos on there, but I probably won't put them elsewhere because uh, they're quick. They're like 15, 30 seconds long. I'm not going to post them on Twitter. I'm not going to post them on YouTube and shit like that. So follow us on TikTok. It's at BDGE2 underscores. That is the same handle that you're going to find all of our brands at BDGE two underscores, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at BDG two underscores. Monte Parker beast hit 119 receiving yards yesterday. All other Miami wide receivers combined for 60. Okay. Parker is going to continue to get like a 35% target share. That's a, that's an elite number. And I don't expect that to drop off anytime soon. So Monte Parker goat, goat, goat. Speaking of that lawnmower video, Manscaped.com, 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 okay? They're pushing this. They're pushing this through the holiday season, okay? We're actually in a battle. We're in a battle right now. We're in a battle right now with all the other fantasy football podcasts and videos and channels and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're like, eh, I don't really think the Big Dog's audience is that good. I don't think they give a fuck about Nick. I don't think they give a fuck about his content. They're not going to support you. We're going to put you up against every other fantasy football channel. Go sell our shit for one week and see how you do. Thus, we're in Manscaped week right now. Well, we were last week, but we're doing it again this week. Fuck it. We're going to run a bike. Manscaped.com is a phenomenal holiday gift. If you need to get a gift for your son, this is perfect because it's useful. It's not only practical, but it's funny. You want to get gifts that are personal, that are funny, that just work. And this is it. Manscaped.com. When you use the promo code BDGE. You get the lawnmower, you get it in a nice little pack. It's got ball toner, it's got ball shaver. You make your balls look nice. Not only look nice, they smell nice, they feel nice. It's got the whole fucking kaboot. Okay? Manscaped.com. Use the promo code BDG when you check out. You're getting 20% off your, your fucking order, the whole thing. You're getting free shipping as well. Okay? It's beautiful. I love the lawnmower. Doesn't cut you in the shower. You could use it in the shower, it's waterproof. Go over to manscaped.com. Use a promo code BG. I love y'all. Let's talk about Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims. They both had eight targets yesterday. Perriman goes four for 79. Mims goes four for 67. Both of them have quietly been really good over the last month of the season. Uh, Mims now has eight 
targets in three straight games. This offense, this offense literally has five plays in their playbook. It's three yard run by Frank Gore. It's a cross to Jameson Crowder for like eight yards. It's a bomb to Perriman. It's a bomb to Mims and it's punt. They have five plays. That's it. I was looking back at the average because I actually like felt I was like, you know, all they do is just chuck the ball downfield. I actually feel like those are the only five plays they have. So I want to look at the average depth of target, like on the average pass that one of those two guys gets, how far is it down the field? So I looked at the wide receivers so far this year and among 92 wide receivers that have at least 30 targets. So there, there are 92 receivers with 30 targets or more on the year. Denzel Mims average depth of target is fourth in the NFL. Rashad Perriman's is eighth. So both of them are just getting bombs down the field, like on most of their plays. Uh, over the last month of the season where they've both been active and healthy and on the field together, they are number one and number two in average depth of target. Okay. It's literally all they're doing. They have no other options or choice in that offense. It's ridiculous, but it's great for fantasy because if you're just going to keep getting those high value throws, both of them are playing really well too. Like Perriman, I, I wish both of them were healthy from the beginning of the year. I really, really would like to have seen what they could have done together. I think Perriman's a great buy in dynasty right now, actually. Because he's going to get faded as like the number two, number three guy in the offense there. But he's playing really, really well. He's playing right up to where Denzel Mims is playing. Mims is obviously a rookie and he will continue to progress as, as the alpha in the Jets offense. But I think I think Perriman's like really solidly operating as a wide receiver three flex play. I think you can probably continue to fire them up. Maybe not like confidently, but I'm a, I'm a fuck around and throw him into my lineup. So I've had Perriman in my lineup in one of my dynasty leagues for a couple of weeks in a row now. And he has not disappointed me. So yeah, you could be like, oh, the target volume is not there. But like when all your targets are 72 yards down the field and you're catching like three of them, it fucking works. I don't care how we get it. As long as we get it, the ends justify the means, baby. So I'm talking about. What else we got in the in the chat, in the little chitter chat? I'm going to get one for my bro and his man. I appreciate that, Adam. Uh, any other storylines that I missed throughout the week? You guys let me know, but I, I, I obviously try to get all my shit together within like a, a 10 hour period where I go through all of the, I go through all of the games and shit and look towards next week. And I miss a lot of things, of course. Any big storylines I missed? Let's look at, uh, some defenses streaming for next week. I think green Bay was like, obviously I, I like the giants. I don't know if that really worked. I don't remember how they ended up doing uh, fantasy-wise, but Green Bay was definitely my number two pickup, and they fucking bopped up for about 15 spots. Well, 15-burger. How about fucking Tyreek Hill, man? I don't I mean, there's nothing I can add to that conversation that you haven't already heard, but uh, he's pretty good at football. Eh, New York ended up with nine points. All right, let's look, at, uh, let's look at week 12 defenses, or week 13 defenses, and who are some good streaming options. Def streaming defense is just so fucking easy, man. It's just so easy. We got KC versus Denver. That's kind of beautiful, but they're probably rostered in most places. You got Las Vegas versus the Jets. They're at New York. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I don't know if I, I like Vegas getting their fucking dicks rocked by Atlanta. Uh, we have Green Bay at home versus Philly. You always want to you want to take you want to take defenses that are favored to win their game. The bigger the spread, the better. And you want to take defenses at home. That's like the winning formula right there. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. They're playing at home and they're big favorites. You want them in your defensive spot over teams that don't fit that criteria. Okay. 
Um, Minnesota at home versus Jacksonville is definitely going to be uh, a nice little stream action. Seattle's playing at home against the Giants, who are going to be without Daniel Jones. They're going to have to go cross country. So that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of good streaming options this week, huh? I like this. What I'll normally do, you know, if you want to get, if you want to know like what the actual spread is for the game, you can just go, go on Google, type in like DraftKings or FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's see, Sportsbook. Uh, DraftKings, and then you could see all the... You don't have to sign up for an account or anything. You could see the point spreads for the games. Do they already have next week's games up? They have some of next week's games up. So we've got the Raiders are minus 7.5. They're on the road. So typically, you know, if, if they're over touchdown favorites, I'll still be fine even if they are on the road. The bigger the spread, the better, of course. But that's, that's a little bit of a tiebreaker for me. Um, Miami's minus 11. They're not going to be a streaming option because they're not available anywhere. Minnesota is almost 10-point favorites at home. So that's a team that you want to grab as a, uh, a streaming team. The KC Chiefs, again, if they're available, they're almost two touchdown favorites against the Broncos. So that is a team that you want to be streaming. And they don't have the line for whatever other team I was. I think the Giants game, because of Daniel Jones' status, is probably not officially ruled yet. Cameron. Cameron Matson. Hey, baby. What's good? Legit my first live stream I've made it to. That's crazy because I have I have done about a zillion live streams in my career. They're all terrible. So like I wouldn't expect much when you come into this fucking thing. But I wanted to welcome you because this will probably be the only time you ever want to join me again. What's good with DJ Moore? Yeah, I, I touched on all the injuries at the beginning. Just like every waiver wire show, the first thing I do after I've just like ramble on about bullshit for six minutes is touch on the injuries. So we talked about DJ Moore, talked about Latavius Murray. If someone wants to be an absolute fucking legend, a true big dog and, uh, and throw me up on and throw the timestamps in the description or in the comment section. Cause I'm not fucking doing that. Like, guys, I do live streams, and I don't put timestamps. Like, I don't go back and watch myself. Fuck that. I already look at myself enough throughout the week between editing myself and pie. I listen and watch myself in un, in uncomfortable amount, especially during the football season. You guys are all watching me on a TV. No, you're not. Oh, let's go some monkey knife fight games. There's actually some interesting ones I think I, I found. Let's, uh, let's X those out. Make sure you follow me on the socials. Make sure you text me nudes from your girlfriend. Not you, please. Let's bring you down here. Let's bring up monkey knife fight. I almost won that 35X one last night. I was real close. I think I hit all of them except for one. Yes, since there are two games this week, we got two plays. We got two plays. Um, so there are no live events. We've got Seattle, Philly tonight. There's a few I was looking at. I can't remember what they were. More or less three and a half, I want to say. Receiving or touchdown dance. I actually like the touchdown dance this week. All you have to do is get two. So typically when I show you guys a touchdown dance and it's like between all of the morning games or all the afternoon games, you have to hit three touchdowns. This one is only two touchdowns. And I think there are a few workhorses in here that make sense. So we have DK, we have Chris Carson, we have Miles Sanders. If you want to get cute and you want to go Tyler Lockett instead of Chris Carson and just monopolize that passing game, that's fine. Um, 
this is where I would go. All you need is those three players to combine for two touchdowns. So DK, Miles, Chris Carson combined for two touchdowns. You're going one and a half X your monies. So if you throw down 20, you're going to win 30 back. We're going to win 30 bike. But you're actually going to win double that because if you play a monkey knife fight and use the promo code BDGE when you deposit, they're giving you double whatever you throw down. So you throw down 20, you're going to get 40. You put 40 on this, you're going to win 60 instead of 30. And this looks pretty fucking juicy. But y'all can go on there and play around and see whatever games that uh, y'all like on monkeyknifefight.com. They have tomorrow's game. They had tomorrow's game up. Maybe they pulled it because they're still waiting for new like COVID announcements or something. Nope. They got that bitch up there. And what I would do is I would bet heavy on everything Pittsburgh because the Ravens just don't have any players. They just like, you're not, they're not even playing the Baltimore Ravens. I was going to try to think of like a witty name for them. The Baltimore, the, the fraud tomorrow, the, The Jamal Tamor, Jamal Williams. How about fucking Jamal Williams? I should have put the Green Bay Byfield into Tidier Committee. Aaron Jones owners got to be feeling the pressure a little bit right now. Yeah, fuck this whole shit. I got to get out of here. I'm sweating like a bitch. Why does everyone keep saying they're watching me on TV? This is fucking me up. You guys got to stop. You're making me blush. You're making me cry and pee and sweat at the same time. It's not easy to do that. It's easy to get me to do that, but it's not easy to do it. All right. I'm out here. Tomorrow night, Tuesday's game, Tuesday night game, Baltimore-Pittsburgh. If it happens, we are live streaming from the HQ. We'll be on YouTube whenever the kickoff starts. We'll be doing a bunch of stupid shit. It'll be fun, though. I promise. Manscaped.com, promo code BDGE. MonkeyKnifeFight.com, promo code BDGE. Follow us on the socials if you want to cop an ugly Christmas sweater. It doesn't get uglier than animals fucking drafted team. BigDogsFantasy.com. You're not watching me on a Samsung smart fridge. I'm fucking really upset you just said that. You just ruined my whole day. The whole fucking day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.